As typical with the NBA season, we typically get the opening night and Christmas Day matchups leaked first. Well, we got that for this upcoming season. We're going to talk about those games and how the Bulls were shut out of both areas, rightfully so. We're also going to talk about a writer in Quentin Alberte uh, picking Io DeSumo to be the best breakout candidate for the Chicago Bulls. We're also going to ask which Bulls, which move will the Bulls regret the most from this past offseason and the biggest concerns around the team heading into next season. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but you guys can follow the channel right off the top at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. First up, we have the opening night schedule uh released or leaked um so the uh, season starts on october 24th with the opening night games being the los angeles lakers because of course the nba loves pushing the lakers versus the denver nuggets the defending champions and we have the phoenix suns versus the golden state warriors so you know fun games in a sense right you get to see the defending nba champion a, a rematch of the western conference finals right away and then the new look suns i'm sure that the the NBA is excited about that team and wants to kind of put them out to see how they're going to perform initially, how the, the ratings are going to do against a team in the Golden State Warriors that have always been a draw for the last almost decade at this point. So, you know, it, it makes sense in that case. I'm not really too excited about either one of these matchups. I know the Lakers have come in and they've made improvements. And I give the Lakers credit for how they were able to kind of retool that roster that helped them go in the run that they went on. They kept most of the, the players there. They even added some new additional players that are pretty solid for that roster. I just, it is what it is. I'm not excited about that game at all. Now, the Phoenix Suns-Golden State matchup, I'm excited about for a couple of different reasons, right? I'm still, I, I can't wait to see how this Phoenix Suns roster kind of shapes up and how it, what it looks like and things like that. Um, and I think against a team like the Golden State Warriors that, you know, are, are a team that we, we kind of come to expect and know how they're going to play. But overall, like these opening night matchups are, are cool. Nothing to really write home about. But, you know, it is what it is. Now, the Christmas Day schedule was also leaked. And so we have the Milwaukee Bucks versus the New York Knicks, which I think can be a fun matchup there. The Philadelphia 76ers versus the Miami Heat. We really don't know what e what state either team is going to be in by then. Is James Harden still on that roster? Is Dame Lillard on the Miami Heat? Maybe the, the NBA is looking, doing some future forecasting there. Then we also have the Boston Celtics at the Los Angeles Lakers. That's a traditional matchup. It is what it is as far as rivalry there is. The Dallas Mavericks versus the Phoenix Suns. I'm actually more excited about this matchup than what I initially thought that I would be. Um, I do think that Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic both understand what's at stake if they can't make this work this season. And then the Phoenix Suns, again, much like I said with the opening night roster, at that point we'll kind of know what that team is, how they're shaping up. So, you know, there. And then the Golden State Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just expect the Denver Nuggets to absolutely cook the Golden State Warriors with the state that they're in. But, hey, again, fun matchups. It's Christmas Day. Uh, get your presents, your beer. And your, uh, and your basketball in. But all right, let's move on from that. So we have a writer in Quentin Alberti, uh, Alberti, I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name, and he had an article on each, uh, the best breakout candidate for each team this upcoming season. And for this, uh, uh, they actually picked Io DeSumo. And I was a little bit surprised by Io DeSumo being the picker, right? You, you consistently, in, in scenarios like this, we always see, always, always see um, – uh, uh, Patrick Williams' name there, right? We kind of always see that. And I think 
Kobe White is another good candidate for that as well to have on that. This uh, article came from Clutch Points if you guys want to check it out. Um, but in this, when he picks Io DeSumo, he had this to say, and I was kind of surprised by this little blurb in here. He says, however, Io DeSumo has the combination of size, athleticism, passing ability, scoring potential, and defensive intensity that should get him in the starting lineup somehow, especially if he starts knocking down threes at a rate more similar to his rookie season, 37.6%. Besides, no matter who starts at point guard, they don't have the archetype floor general that Lonzo Ball was, so why not start Io, a player that has a four-inch height advantage over Carter, better in-between game than Caruso, and better defense than Kobe White. Now, you know, with all the conversation around who's going to start, heck, I have a whole video on who's going to be the Bulls starting point guard this year. Really, most people have zeroed in on it either being Javon Carter or Kobe White. But once to say who says that Io DeSumo does not come into training camp, trying to make his name felt for it as well. And I think Io's going to have a big uphill battle to get into that. Yes, they did pay him. Yes, they probably still want to see if he's going to be able to hit that potential. And he probably should be given a chance if it's an open competition, evaluate everybody and how you project them to do in that role. But the fact of the matter is this, right? No matter how Iodasumu projects, we have season. Uh, we have the half a season after Lonzo Ball went down. We have the start of this past season of Iodasumu being a starter with this core, right? With this same starting, well, the rest of the four players we expect to stay the same. And it was a mixed bag to, to a net negative, right? I So, you know, I, while I understand what the writer here is talking about, I understand, yes, Iodasumu does have that size. He does have the athleticism. He definitely does have the defense. Now, as far as scoring potential, we all know the, the score he was in Illinois. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to the NBA. I think the Bulls would have to change their play style for to get the best out of Iodasumu's um, scoring potential and his kind of point guardsmanship. I think they would have to be a, a faster-paced team, which could benefit Zach Levine, which could benefit Patrick Williams, which could even benefit Nikola Vucevic as the trailer in a situation like that, right? We know Vooch ain't getting up and down the floor too quickly. Maybe if you put Andre Drummond in there in specialty lineups, things like that. And that is why I do hope that the Bulls push the pace a little bit more. Not so Io DeSumo can start, and maybe not even with that starting lineup, but especially once your bench comes in, I think you maximize on the potential of the players by upping the pace of the offense at that point in time, even with Alice Caruso, right? And then if Julian Phillips is getting in the game as somebody who can yam it on people's heads and things like that, I think that that helps kind of that version of the roster, that bench unit, right? That those reserves a little bit more, if they can play solid enough defense to get out and rebound well enough to get out in transition, I think your best bet for getting scoring off the bench at that point in time is being a team that pushes the pace. That's a story for another day. I've, I've hijacked the topic and turned it into something else completely. But as far as Io being picked as the best candidate for the Chicago Bulls to break out, that's just not something that we've heard very often. And while, you know, I have been and uh, us and Bobby over and, and Bobby and C-Dub over at the Kayak Boys, everybody's kind of been consistent in the fact that Io does have potential, but he's going to have to come in to training camp, not only in some of the best shape, but the best focus that he's had and play the best. Because while Io's had a clear cut role the last couple of seasons, I don't think that it's as cut now in this article to say that he eventually somehow takes over that starting lineup, that that is, you, you don't have very many people with that mindset and, and mentality when it comes to Io DeSumo right now. But if he's able to come into camp, make it interesting, hey, I mean, who's to say that you can't? The Bulls need at least one of these young players to break out, and regardless of who it is, whether it's Kobe, whether it's Io, whether it's Patrick Williams, uh, whether it's Dalen Terry, no matter who it is, the bull that ups the bull ceiling and their best chances to kind of start getting digging themselves out of this hole 
that, they, that they've kind of been in. So let me know what you guys think, uh, especially the reasoning given. Do you think that Iota Sumu has a good chance to be one of the breakout candidates for the Chicago Bulls team? Let me know what you guys think. All right, moving into the next topic, we got up. What is the – we've talked a lot positively, right? And I've said how I really do view a lot of the moves that AK and Eversley have made this offseason as very smart moves. I understand every deal that they've given out. I understand who they went out and got. I even understand the, you know, trading into the draft to get a player like Julian Phillips, who I've said if that shot does come around and that defense is legit, is a lottery round, lottery pick talent potentially, right? We got to see if that comes true. But I want to talk about the flip side of that. Which move did the Bulls make this summer? Will they end up regretting the most? And so to kind of run that down, you, all, you of course have the re-signing of uh, Kobe White on a three-year, $33 million deal. I think 30 was $36 million deal that could be up to $39 million with incentives. You have what they signed Nikola Vucevic for in another three-year deal to, to retain Nikola Vucevic. You then have going out and getting veterans Javon Carter and Torrey Craig. And then, of course, trading into the draft to draft Julian Phillips where maybe they could have they, – they pass on a player like Amani Bates um, uh, you know, some of the other players, a GG Jackson, a player that I was extremely high on in this draft that I think could have experienced the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today brought something that the Bulls needed at that power forward position right now, right? So which one of these moves? When you evaluate the Kobe White, uh, Nikola Vucevic part of it, you guys know how I feel on it. Vooch, you kind of, you, you were in a place to where you couldn't replace him, so I understand why they brought him back, but that could be a deal, especially looking at Vooch's age, the fact that, you know, the fact that his game's never really been built off athleticism can both work positively and negatively for the Bulls because what if the little bit of athleticism he does get um, falls off, right? Um, so you, you, you look at you look at stuff like that overall, but I do think, you know, I understand the deals that they made. I don't think that they're horrible deals, but they are definitely are deals that you could end up regretting depending on how these players progress or play over these three years, right? Kobe, while he came along in every aspect of his game last season, and then that scoring came on after the All-Star break where his shooting percentages skyrocketed, went up to 40%, uh, over 40% in both from the field and from three-point range, Who's to say that he's not the season's not going to mainly be what it was last season, where he's struggling to score? And then you have to ask yourself: Does Kobe White play good enough defense? While he does play really good defense, is that defense good enough to overcome him being even more streaky than what he was last season? Was some of his career lows and averages as far as that goes, right? As far as scoring wise, we talked about the Vooch aspect of it. Now, as far as Devon Carter, Torrey Craig, I look at these deals as Torrey Craig, especially it's a vet minimum. I don't think that you can regret a vet minimum contract, mainly because you can cut it, waive it, sign another veteran at any point in time. They're easily movable deals coming off those deals. So, you know, that's kind of my thought on that one. Again, I could absolutely be wrong on that. Maybe it does become something that they regret. 
Um, also, you know, you look at uh, the Javon Carter part of it, right? You're bringing in Javon Carter because of what he does well, right? You're, you're bringing him in because he plays great defense. He's a he's a, a top 10, top 20 um, three-point shooter in the NBA by percentage and volume. So, you know, Javon Carter, really good there. You're, giving, you're paying him six, a little over $6 million a year. Again, that deal is so relatively cheap that I don't know if it could be a huge regret, but it could. And then you get to looking at the draft when it comes to Julian Phillips, right? Julian Phillips, you pass on Imani Bates, who has such high scoring upside that a lot of Bulls fans wanted, but you traded two first-round picks. Let's not even get into who they passed on to do it. If those two, I said first round, two second round, if those two second round picks ends up being players that those other teams get that turn into something, which isn't quite as common with second round picks, but if that happens, you know, do you then regret trading in more assets for a player that may not work out, right? And then lastly, I didn't put on this list, I almost forgot, passing on Javon Freeman Liberty, a player that has been in your system for over a year now, you didn't find a way to maintain, to retain him. And then he goes to Toronto. If he does turn into something with Toronto, whether it, it comes this year or down the road, that still could be a deal that they end up regretting when it comes to this offseason. Let me know what you guys think. Which is the biggest move that, or, or lack thereof that you think the Bulls are going to regret when it comes to this offseason when they look back on it years down the line? Let me know what you guys think on that one. Now, before we go, I do want to talk about some of the biggest concerns around the Chicago Bulls team heading into next season. And while this season could be a r- another rough one, for Chicago Bulls fans, the biggest one, the biggest concern that I have for this team is that we see a regression from the core three, right? We saw this core three played the most minutes of any three um, players in the NBA last season, and they had some of the worst results. If you regress further after that, and that doesn't develop after you double down on this core, in a way, we'll see what happens with DeMar DeRozan's contract extension. That is one of the biggest signs for concern because this big this core three just didn't play well together, right? And they had solid seasons individually when you look at the, the, the raw numbers of it. They, they had solid seasons. Those are solid statistical seasons when you look at what the Chicago Bulls team, well, I mean, what these core three players were able to do last season. It was, it was, it was a solid season for each one of those players, but we did not get the team success that comes that came from it. That's why yesterday's Video I titled, DeMar DeRozan's contract extension comes down to the success of the team. But when you look at it, Zach Levine, 24.8 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 4.2 assists, almost a steal per game. Solid season. DeMar DeRozan, 24.5 points per game, uh, 4.6 rebounds, 5.1 assists, 1.1 steals per game. Again, a solid season. Nikola Vucevic, almost 18 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, 3.2 assists, almost a block per game. Solid season statistically on paper. That is why watching the games is just as important as anything else. But we did not have the success as a team that we will want from the from the core three players. Next one up, no progression yet again from your young your your, your young players. That is one of the biggest signs, probably even bigger than the core three regressing, is that I have is that you don't see any development from Kobe White, Iota Sumu, Dalen Terry, Patrick Williams. I, if we want to throw Julian Phillips in there, right, uh, you know, it's rookie year. He's probably not going to play a lot, especially in a Billy Donovan team. But that is probably the biggest hit in the stomach to the Chicago Bulls future. If none of these young players progress in a meaningful way, right, and I don't even mean taking the huge leap. I just mean progressing as NBA players. That is a shot to our future that I don't know where, if we're equipped to be able to overcome, right? Because yeah, we're not going to be huge players in the free agent market. We're probably not going to be huge players in the trade market. We're probably 
even with this team, if this team does struggle, we have our own first-round pick next draft. But, you know, this Bulls team, again, like like many of us have said, they don't, they're not going to be bad enough to bottom out to where you're probably going to have a high lottery pick, right? And so because of that, if none of these young players on this team progress meaningfully, that is, that is, that is an indictment on AK and Eversley. That's an indictment on the future of this team. That's an indictment on like a, so much when it comes to the future of this franchise and us trying to get ourselves out of this hole and increase our ceiling. That's, that's just a shot that I don't know if we're prepared to recover from in any time soon. Now, again, they can go into next season and progress. They're still young enough, but if we see absolutely no progression this season from those young players, man, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. And then lastly, Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan b- being Billy Bubblegum Donovan, right? That is one of the biggest signs for, con- for concern. Billy Donovan's inability to, to, to use players to the best of their ability, his inability to develop players from what we've seen him on, on the Chicago Bulls roster, his inability to make uh, adjustments during games, his inability to coach us out of some games as well. Listen, it's so much when it comes down to it. Billy Donovan is is one of the biggest concerns because so much, and so, people underrate how important coaching is, right? And, and they'll say, well, it's just the players. No, the coaching scheme, the coaching philosophy, the coaching identity matters so much for teams that don't that are still trying to figure it out. When you're a middling team in the NBA, Good to great coaching can be what separates you from making from fighting to get to the play-in to making it into the playoffs. And with the coaching that Billy Donovan consistently fails at, man, it, it, it's it's a concern that and the fact that he got an extension, the fact that his seat probably isn't hot at all because he does not have to worry about it because he just signed an extension. And as much as we can talk about, yeah, the Bulls can fire him and then just pay him to go home, this is a Jerry Reinsdorf-owned team, right? A Jerry Reinsdorf-owned team. It is highly unlikely. We still don't know the years on the extension, but considering he had one year left, you got to think it's at least two, three years. I do not see Jerry Reinsdorf paying a coach to stay at home for two to three years, no matter how much they struggle. And that is one of the biggest concerns on this team is the inability or unwillingness to move on from Billy Donovan and the doubt around Billy Donovan's just coaching philosophies, schemes, the shortcomings, all of that, right, and how that impacts the other things that we talk about, the core three, the utilization of players, the development of players, hell, the, the competent lineups and play calls, those type of things, right? One of the biggest concerns that I personally have heading into next season as well, but I want to hear from you guys, especially with the mailbag being tomorrow. Let me know down below, what are your biggest concerns for the Chicago Bulls team heading into next year? That's it. That's my time for today. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for those mailbag episodes going down Saturday and Sunday, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.